Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Hey, so today, as you noticed, is Encounter Sunday. What we do every time there's a fifth Sunday is we shorten worship a little bit on the front end, and then we create a little bit of extra space on the end for um, worship, for communion, for prayer. And what we want to do is create space for you to encounter God. Here's what I know about God is that it really doesn't depend on the environment, whether or not I encounter him. It depends on my internal heart posture. If I came to have an encounter with the presence of God, I will have an encounter with the presence of God, no matter what's going on around me. And so today I just encourage you as we get into this message and then as we transition into the encounter portion, I encourage you to step out in faith and see what God can do in your life today. But, you know, as I was preparing for today, I thought it was kind of cool that we're doing Encounter because I have it on my heart today to talk to you about this concept of praise. The title of today's message is Shout. And if you want a subtitle, you probably really don't care at all. Uh, Then the subtitle would be The Power of Your Praise. You know, I think praise and worship are kind of misunderstood in our culture. Um, You know, some of us maybe have grown up thinking that praise and worship is just a type of music or it is the music part of a service. But really, that couldn't be any further from the truth. Praise and worship can be expressed through music, but they are not in and of themselves music only. And the beautiful thing about music is this. When God created you, he created you with three parts, your your soul or like your mind, will, and emotions, your spirit, and then also your body as well. And the thing about that is that God created you with three parts and it's a reflection of his image. As Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he is God in three persons, the Trinity. And the cool thing about music is that when you praise and when you worship through music, it engages your mind, will, and emotions. It engages your spirit and it engages your body as well. I was watching Pastor Dave when he was up here uh, right after worship and he was encouraging us and he moved like, he just went like, ah, it's so crazy. And I thought, I think I'd break in half if I moved like that. I never moved that fast ever unless something's chasing me and I haven't been chased by anything in a long time, so... But it engages all these parts of you. And that's what makes it so beautiful. It is a very special way to express praise and worship. But, you know, we could spend a long time defining praise and worship. But I think one of the simplest ways for me to define it is this. Praise is when I tell God, God, you are so amazing. And then worship is when I tell God, God, you're so worthy. Basically, what it means is this. I say, God, I think about everything that you've done for me, and I can't help but just say, God, you're amazing. I want to tell people what you've done for me, what you're doing right now in my life. And you know, because of that, God, I just want to thank you for what you're going to do because you're so awesome and so great. It's just like, honestly, if you had a kid playing baseball and they hit a home run and you cheered for them because what they did was so awesome, that's exactly what praise is. And sometimes when your kid has not hit it all day at their game, you're still cheering for them because you believe they're going to do something great. That's what praise is. Worship is coming to God and saying, God, you are so worthy. In fact, the English word that we use for worship comes from that concept of worth. You can actually kind of hear it in the word. And worship is when I come to God and I say, God, you're worthy. And you know what, God, because you're worthy, because you're so amazing, because you're so powerful, because you're worthy, I give you every part of my life. I give you everything. 
That's what worship is. So today, what I want to talk about is the power that's found in your praise. So if you would, if you have your app today, I want you to check out your live notes. If you don't, that's okay. You can write it down in your phone. I encourage you to take notes. It makes a difference when you take notes. And so just want to encourage you with that. But number one, this is what happens when you praise. We prophesy God's word over our situation. Now, prophecy is something that I think is really, really misunderstood. Uh, I used to be pretty crazy looking. Um, at one time, I had dreadlocks and a beard. Um, and I was just, I kind of looked like John the Baptist a little bit. Um, I smelled better, uh, but I did look like John the Baptist. And, you know, I think sometimes in our culture today, we have this misconception of prophecy, prophecy that you have to look like John the Baptist. And you have to walk up to somebody kind of like spooky and be like, I have a word from the Lord for you. <laughs> have you ever had somebody do that? And you're like, I don't think you do. <laughs> we have this scary connotation or like you have to stand on a corner and shout out whatever God's telling you to say. But can I just say this today? Really what prophecy is, is it's speaking what God says over something or someone. You know, that takes so much pressure off of you because it's actually really simple to prophesy. Let's say you're having a terrible day. If I could be real with you on the way here this morning, I had one of those mornings where everything made me mad. You know what I'm talking about? Where you're like, I don't know why, but everything is frustrating, frustrating me right now. If you have a morning like that, you could just get up and say, you know what, God, I'm having a bad day, but your word says this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Do you know that you just spoke to your future out of God's word? That's prophecy. And praise prophesies God's word over your situation. In fact, in Ezekiel chapter 37, we see that... Um, God takes this prophet Ezekiel and he, he kind of takes him in this vision and he sees this valley of dry bones. And God begins to tell him, hey, I want you to speak what I'm going to tell you to speak. And so he speaks out. And when he speaks the first thing, he sees the bones formed together like his skeletons. And then when he speaks again, he sees muscle and flesh and tissue begin to form on these bodies. And then finally, God tells him to speak one more thing. And listen to this in verse 10 of Ezekiel 37. He says, so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. Breath represents or signifies the spirit of God, his presence. And they came to life and they stood up on their feet, a vast army. Listen, to me, this is a symbol that life comes to any situation when you speak the word of God over it. That when things are going wrong, when hope is lost, when it seems like the situation is dead, when it seems like it's dried out, there's nothing left, you can speak God's word to a situation and life has to come. Things have to come into order because you prophesied what God has already spoken over the situation. Do you know that when God created the heavens and the earth, he spoke, the Bible says, and the universe was created. It's so interesting that scientists really believe that the galaxies are still expanding. God spoke it and it's still coming to pass. Proverbs 18, 21 says that the power of life and death are in your tongue. So today, really, the challenge for us is to choose to speak life. Now, I want to encourage you with this just briefly. That's why it's so important what you put inside of you. For me as a musician, um, I maybe am a little more sensitive to this than others because I think about lyrics and I get songs stuck in my head really easily. Now, let me just give you the easiest example. Uh, if you don't know this song, then you don't have teenagers. But I just, you know, things that get stuck in your head, if I were to go, well, I'm gonna take my horse to the... 
Yeah, some of you just started singing it. And then you hated me. You hated me so much. If you don't know that song, don't ever listen to it. You never want to listen to it. But it gets stuck in your head. Can I just say, that's why it's so important what I feed myself. When I listen to stuff that declares God's promises over my situation, it gets stuck in my head and it comes out of me. What you put in, you, what, what you put in yourself will always come out. And so we have to be careful what we feed on. It's not that you can't listen to your George Strait 80s hit CD. That's all right. Sometimes you need a little King George in your life. But you got to be careful of what you're consistently feeding on because it will come out and it will affect your life. In fact, the thing about praise is this. We speak it before we see it come to pass in the natural realm. Can I prove this to you today? In Joshua chapter six, God told the Israelites, listen, I know that you have to take over this city, but I don't want you to just fight this city. They've got these walls. For six days, I want you to walk around the walls once a day. And then on the seventh day, I want you to walk around them seven times. And on the seventh time, I want you to shout and praise me with all that you've got. And so it must've looked crazy to the people inside this city. They're probably like, these people are weird. And I'm really glad we have walls, not because they would defeat us, just because they kind of creep me out, you know? But it was this huge amount of people that were walking around this wall. But listen to what happens on the seventh day. In Joshua 6, 16, it says, the seventh time they walked around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army. And he said, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Do you know that not a, not a wall had fallen when he said those words? It wasn't like every time they walked out, a brick would pop out. Like, oh, what's going on with our wall? Remember, call the people that did the stonework on this thing. We're going to get a refund. What happened was he said, shout for the Lord has given you. Notice it's past tense. He said, do this because God has already done this. And sometimes I think what we get confused is we say, God, I'll praise you when I see it happen. But God would say, you should praise me before you see it happen. Because if I said it, it's as good as done already. And something happens when you shout in faith like that. Things shift in the supernatural realm when you begin to speak God's praises into your circumstance and over your situation. The second thing that takes place when we praise is we invite God's presence into our circumstance. You know, uh, Moses spoke in Exodus around chapter three, chapter 33, 34. He said, God, we will not go into the land that you've promised us where they eventually took over Jericho if you don't go with us because it's your presence that sets us apart from every other nation on the earth. You know, it's God's presence that marks you and sets you apart as a believer in Jesus Christ. You know, what's crazy is um, when they were gonna cross the Jordan River to go into the promised land to take over Jericho and all these places, the Jordan River was at flood stage. We know all about floods here in New Braunfels. It was at flood stage at that season. And God, again, gave them this funny instruction. He didn't say, wait a couple of months until the water goes down and then just kind of like, see if you can tread water long enough to get over there, side stroke it and see if you make it. What he said was, he said, I want you to get the priest to grab the Ark of the Covenant. It was like this really ornate decorative box and it represented the presence of God on the earth. He said, get them to grab it and I want you to just have them walk into the water a little bit. And when they brought that box that represented the presence of God into the water, that is when the water split and they walked through on dry ground. 
You know what's crazy is actually at Jericho, when they shouted the, the, after walking around the wall seven times on the seventh day, when they shouted, do you know what was there with them? The Ark of the Covenant, the symbol of God's presence. When you praise God, you invite his presence into your situation. And listen, when God's presence is in the middle of your situation, things begin to shift. Things begin to change because God is all powerful. In fact, in Psalm chapter 22, verse three, it says, but you, God, are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. God sits in the middle of your praises. His throne is in the middle of your praise. Now, let me ask you this question, and it's a rhetorical question, and it's obvious. Who sits on a throne? A king. And when a king shows up, a king has dominion over everybody in that area because he is the king of that area. Can I challenge you with this today? Maybe in the middle of your situation, you need to begin to praise God because he is enthroned in your praises. And when you make a throne for God in the middle of your situation, he brings his kingdom to earth in your situation. And he does things and he changes things and he transforms circumstances that you could never do on your own. And I felt like the Lord spoke this to me probably around six months ago, and it really challenged me. Based on this scripture, I felt like the Lord asked me this. He said, if you sense a lack of my presence in your life, maybe you should check and see if there's a lack of praise. Because God's presence is always where there's praise. And so today I want to encourage you, if you don't sense God's presence, begin to praise him anyway. If you're in the middle of a crazy circumstance, you better open your mouth and say what God says about your situation and watch his presence descend right in the middle of it. The third thing that happens when we praise is we release God's power into our battle. Again, we talked about this, the walls didn't fall and then they praised. He said, shout for the Lord has given you the city. Could you imagine what would have happened if they would have just been like, nah, I'm not going to do that. But when they shouted, they released God's power into their situation and they began to see walls crumble. I would ask you this today. What are some walls in your life that you've been needing to see crumble? Maybe it's some financial issues and maybe it's not just that you're struggling in your finances, but maybe it's like you're struggling with bad habits financially. Maybe like an issue with self-control, things like that. I think most of us have been there. Maybe it's something in your body and in your health, or maybe it is a, a mental health issue, whatever it may be. What is it that you're struggling with? What walls are there? And what can you speak to it and declare over it? Another great example of this is Paul and Silas. They were in a city called Philippi and there was this slave girl and she was being, uh, she was possessed by an evil spirit. And the people that owned her they were using her to make money. She would tell people's fortunes because she was influenced by this evil spirit and they were manipulating that so that they could make money off of her. So Paul and Silas cast the spirit out of her to be a blessing to her and the people got mad because their source of income was gone. So they had them beaten and thrown in jail. My morning was not as bad after I think about that. I think I'm good. But here's what's so crazy. When they go to jail, this is what happens. Watch this. Acts 16, verses 25 through 26. But about midnight, as Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God in the dungeon, and the other prisoners were listening to them, suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the very foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once all the doors were opened, and everyone's shackles were unfastened. 
You know what I find so crazy about that is that the doors didn't open until Paul and Silas opened their mouths. Because they could have sat there and just thought about it like, wow, man, I really wish I wouldn't have done that today. I thought I was doing the right thing, but apparently it wasn't the right thing. Thanks a lot, God. Or they could make the choice, which they did, to sing God's praise, to declare God's praise, not just over their situation, but clearly right in the middle of their circumstance. I wonder how many times we're waiting on God to open a door in our life, and it's unlocked. And he's waiting on us to open it by opening our mouth and praising him for it. I would say this, our praise is a reflection of our faith. If I can't thank God for it in advance, maybe I don't believe that he's already going to do it. And maybe I need to challenge myself and say, God, what is it in me that is not trusting you? I don't know, but I'm going to choose to declare what you've said more than what I see. I'm going to speak life to every situation. Some things won't open until you open your mouth and give God praise. The final thing, and I think this is one of the most important things that happens is when we praise, people experience the salvation of God. If you notice in that passage of scripture, it says that others heard them singing. And then it says that the prison doors were open and everyone's shackles were unfastened. I can imagine some guy that had just stolen something like, oh, that's pretty cool. (laughs) But they actually all stayed in order to honor the guard. And watch what happens because the guard was terrified because he basically had not done his job, although it wasn't his fault. This is what happens in verses 29 through 30. It says, the jailer called for lights and he ran to the dungeon and he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Can I challenge you with this today? Your praise is not just for you. When you begin to declare out of your mouth what God has done for you, people take notice. When you begin to speak in the middle of a difficult circumstance, you're walking through a battle with cancer and you go, you know, this is real, this is painful, but I just know that God's good and I know he's still on my side and I've seen all that he's done for me and I just know that he's with me still. When you begin to declare that, people take notice and can I say, people want what you have when they see what God has done for you. That maybe your praise is not just for you, but when you lift your voice and declare God's praises, maybe what happens is that people hear it and they know about the salvation of their God. It's the goodness of God that's intended to lead people to repentance. And we can express his goodness through our praise. But the big thing there is we are the ones that have to open our mouth and declare his praise. And if I could say this today, maybe for you, you just don't feel like it. And I love that the word says that I will rejoice and be glad in it. It's a choice that you and I have to make to rejoice in the middle of whatever we feel. As the band comes up today, I want to share one final scripture with you. Ephesians 6 verse 12, it says this. It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Can I just say this? Many times I feel like we try to ignore that there's a spiritual battle happening. There's a real enemy who doesn't like you. But it doesn't do us any good to ignore it. And I specifically felt this when I was praying for this day a while back. I specifically felt to say this, that maybe there are some parents in this room and you have been battling your teenager. Pastor Rob talked about that some. You've been battling with your teenager. 
You've been fighting them like it's their fault. And maybe they're making crazy choices and we can't blame that on anybody else, but we need to know that we are fighting against a spiritual force, not against our family. And maybe what you need to do is you need to begin to declare God's word over them. Maybe you just need to begin to declare, you know what, I believe God that you said if I train up this child in the way that they should go, that when they're old, they won't depart from it. I've helped them learn what they're good at. I've helped them know about your word. And I just believe today, God, that they are gonna come back to you. Maybe there's some spouses in here today and maybe you've been fighting your spouse and you've just been like, man, I I just, I don't know what it is, something coming in between us. Maybe you need to begin to speak to the situation behind it, not just to your spouse's deficiencies. And I think sometimes we find ourselves fighting the wrong battles. Sometimes we find ourselves trying to fight a spiritual battle with a natural tool. But here's the thing about your praise. Your praise is your primary weapon. When you speak God's word, things begin to shift. Dads, I want to say this to you. You are the lead spiritual warriors of your households. Ladies, you are spiritual warriors too. If you don't believe that, go read the story of Deborah in the book of Judges. She was terrifying uh, because she was so tough but she loved God and she served his people. You're a warrior too, but dad, you're the lead spiritual warrior in your home. And your primary weapon is your praise. And don't ever let the devil steal your praise from you. Don't ever let the devil tell you, well, I don't know what people will think. I don't know what my kids will think. I'm not sure if this is what men do. Can I tell you that the way that God intended it was for men to be the most vocal at praising him the most vocal at lifting up his name, the most vocal, because when they would go to a battle, they would lead with praise in the Old Testament. And it was actually a psychological weapon as well. I heard somebody say this, because imagine your uh, awkward feelings if someone showed up to a battle with the symbol of their God's presence and they began to just shout and act like they already won. And praise is a psychological tool that you fight the enemy with. And here's what happens when you praise. Have you ever talked to somebody and you're like, man, I would love to say something, but they won't quit talking. And I actually tried and like they did not hear me. Those are tough, tough conversations to have. I believe that's exactly what happens when you begin to praise. I know he's talking, but I can't hear what he's saying because all I can hear is my mouth declaring the praises of my God, lifting up the name of Jesus. I know you're saying something to me, enemy, but it's not getting in. It's really not sinking in because all I know is I'm speaking forth what the word of God said over my situation. I'm declaring God's word over my finances, over my teenager. I believe what God says. And so today we want to give you an opportunity to practice that. Parents, I want to say this to you. Your most powerful weapon is your praise. When we start this encounter section in just a moment, I would just encourage you to make a move. Here's what I know about God. We're going to sing this song. It says, this is a move. And it says, miracles happen when you move. We were on stage on a Sunday morning and we're singing that. And I felt like God put on my heart, you know what? Miracles don't just happen when he moves. Miracles happen when we move. Because here's what happened. No water parted at the Jordan River until they stood in the middle of it. No walls fell at Jericho until they shouted God's praise. No chains broke, no doors opened in a prison cell until Paul and Silas sang God's praise. 
And sometimes things can't move because God's already left it there for us, but we haven't moved to pick it up by faith with our praise. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.